This podcast is for parents like you, navigating the world of neurodiversity with love and compassion. I'm a neurodivergent mother of three amazing neurodivergent children and a board-certified music therapist. Our mission is to create a supportive space where you feel understood, connected, and inspired. With practical tips, strategies, and resources, we'll help you and your child thrive in your unique way. Join us as we dive deep into the diverse world of neurodivergent individuals, exploring topics like ADHD, autism, dyslexia, sensory processing challenges, and more. We'll cover it all to empower, educate, and uplift both neurodivergent individuals and those who walk alongside them. Together, we'll create a world where every brain is valued and celebrated. We're excited to embark on this enlightening journey with you. We are your hosts, Samantha Foote and Lauren Ross, and this is the Every Brain is Different podcast. Welcome to the Every Brain is Different podcast. We're here with Shannon Crotty. Shannon, I'm so excited that you're with us today. Shannon is a wife and mom of three who lives in West Central Wisconsin. She is the founder and CEO of Polka Dot Powerhouse, a global connection company for women. Shannon is the founder and visionary behind the Deep End Planner, as well as the author of the number one best-selling book, No One is Peeing in the Deep End, a survival guide for launching a dream. And I love, I love that title. Um, she is also a sought-after speaker. Shannon not only empowers audiences to be more authentic versions of themselves, but she also provides tools for them to rein in their focus to allow them to more easily reach their goals and launch their dreams. Shannon loves golf, travel, style, fitness, and the good ice. And you can learn more about Shannon by visiting um, shannoncrotty.com. So Shannon, we are so excited once again to have you on the show. It is an honor to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I've been part of Polka Dot Powerhouse for about almost four years. I just did my renewal for the fourth year, and I have just loved talking to you, getting to know you, and I'm just so excited. So to get started, how are you involved in the neurodivergent community? One of my three children, my middle child, TJ, is a 32-year-old adult who has an autism diagnosis. And he's more mentally seven, eight, so he's not able to live independently. And of course, you know, we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, but his challenges have created all kinds of blessings in our life. Yeah. So can you tell us some of those blessings? Because I love talking about this. Yes. You know, I think it would be insulting to express anything other than the fact that you wish your child wouldn't go through these challenges and would not have received this diagnosis and this problem. But it's, he is so impactful to the world in the way that he shows up. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard, you, I'm sure that this isn't mentioned on this podcast before, but I often think that the individuals with special needs are the ones who have it right. And the rest of us are really ding cans that are trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah. He, he hears exactly what you said. So he's really taught me, if, if we're talking about blessings toward me, and I'll talk about him too, blessings toward me, he's really taught me, did you actually meant what you said? Or was there hidden messages in there? Because he doesn't get it. If you said you're going to grandma's house, you better not be stopping at the store or anywhere else, or we're going to have a problem. And so it really teaches you to think about what you say, to learn, to learn how to speak. He's really taught me how to speak in a way that people can receive from me. And also he doesn't worry about, you know, he doesn't have the itty bitty shitty committee going on like the rest of us do where we just melt down and overthink things. Like his life is 
beautiful and simple. And I think most of us are trying to achieve the lifestyle that that joy that he has that's kind of hidden within this diagnosis. For him, I think it's he has a really hard time, as many autistic individuals do, with relationship. And he comes from a mom that's a hugger, right? So we have taught, I think we've, he's learned from us all, you know, we have, we have all different personalities in the family. We've learned from him. And I think that there's so many blessings if you choose to look for them in the situations that you're given. Yeah. I love that you talk about the blessings because so many people focus on the other things, the hard things, and that he can just have a simple life. And I love that you talked about um, just you say what you mean, because my son is exactly the same way. So if I say we're having dinner in five minutes, you better have dinner on the table in five minutes or else he's like, you you lied to me. I'm like, I didn't lie to you. But but yeah, so I just agree with those things. Um, yeah. can, can you tell us more about your journey? through this diagnosis, through, I know you're working, you're a working mom, all of that. So when TJ was first diagnosed, you know, and I think I went through a lot of what people go through. Uh, it's a very common story of doctors saying it's a temporary delay and you're crazy and all that stuff. And having that mom intuition um, and knowing something wasn't right. He was diagnosed right after we moved from Oklahoma to Wisconsin. So it was a matter of, okay, we're in this new area. I know no one in this area. I have this diagnosis. I don't know anybody with special needs. And I don't, I mean, we've never had anybody in the family that I know of. So there wasn't anybody to bounce things off of. And I remember after he was diagnosed and he started therapy, I must have, I must have been crying. I wasn't crying at the time, but I must have been looking like I was crying to the therapist. And she pulled me aside and she said something I'll never forget. She said, Shannon, I want you to remember something. You were given this because you're strong enough to handle it. And not everybody is. And, you know, this is a son that I adore and love. And there's still days I have to step outside and get a breath of fresh air because I don't know what to do to fix the situation. I've never forgotten that, that, you know, we're all given challenges in different forms and different ways. Like no one gets out of this without it. This was the form that I was given and our family was given because we're strong enough to handle it and we're strong enough to make something good out of what we've been given. Um, so there was that, but there was so many years and there was learning the system, like parents of special needs, adults and children have to become armored warriors. Yeah. Like no one's going to advocate for this person, but you. And I remember doing battle as he went through school and stuff. I remember doing battle against like when he got to high school, how they wanted him to become all of a sudden this janitor. It, this was, oh, this is, we're teaching them a vocation. And by the way, he's going to get 50 cents an hour credit in the school store. And I'm like, that's not helping me. Right. You will not decide if my son wants to become a janitor, there's nothing wrong with being a janitor, but it's not for you to decide that this is his future. And they couldn't get what my problem was. And I couldn't get how they couldn't get what my problem was. And I remember saying, I want you to think about if this was your child, what you would want for them. And at the end of the day, they, we were not on the same page. These were people who were leading special needs programs. 
that I think truly are probably good people, but, but just were detached from the process. At the end of the day, some of the safeguards they have in for families of those with special needs, the ability that you have to sign off and everything. God bless whoever decided that was in place because that I couldn't get people to get on the same page with me. So that really solved a lot of issues. Nope, not signing it. Nope, we're not doing that. And I, I absolutely know probably some of those educators still think, oh, she's a royal bee, right? <laughs> don't care. I don't care. Like you have to become an armored warrior and you have to like for women, oh, let's be nice. Let's all get along. Some of that goes out the door. You have to make a decision. What's more important, what those people think of you or what this individual who you love is going to receive. And at the end of the day, you are the one that, with the power to control that and, and look after that for them. Yes, that I hear that so often that parents have the most trouble um, in the school system advocating for their child because, like you said, the vocational program is probably great, but who are they to decide that that's the vocation that your child is going to learn? Like if he wanted to be a janitor, that's fantastic. Teach him how to be a janitor, you know? Right. But um, I hear that a lot. Like schools are very detached from the process and the actual child and they just have their protocols and I know they're doing their best and I know they have a hard job. Um, but parents definitely have to be an armored warrior to advocate for their child. It's because it's a hard, long process to even get an IEP or get services or anything like that. It's such a it's such a hard process to even get an IEP going, let alone making sure that everything is in place and things are being done correctly and that you have the right services in place. So yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think I think you're right. I think these people are well intentioned and and there's no one doing anything maliciously. But I think as a parent going in, my assumption is trust everything they say because they're the one, they're the experts. Like when just, I was just like leading or like, leave me, right? Like leave yeah. me until you realize there's no one who understands what your loved one needs more than you. And they may not get it. They don't have to. That's why you are in the position that you're in and they are in the position they are in. So if you can't have a meeting of mind, you got to pull out the armor. You know, sometimes it works good. And other times you got to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a line in the sand and not go past it and make peace with maybe someone's not going to be happy with you. So it's just something you, you have to learn how to do. Yeah, for sure. And can you give parents maybe some strategies of how you learned how to do that? First of all, I'm, I'm a reader and, and I'm an observer and I'm a really curious person. I like to know how things work. I asked a ton of questions. In fact, so many questions. Again, I know that they were, I was probably like a thorn in their side and, you know, and don't certainly intend to be that for anybody, but that's okay if that's what we needed to do. I asked more questions than I needed to. I asked so many questions that I was literally exhausted from asking questions to understand how, understand how things worked. A couple of the teachers actually said to us, I've never had a parent ask this many questions and I've never learned this much in one semester. So I guess I have you to thank for this. So don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be judgmental if they don't know the answers. Cause there's a, there's a lot of parents who aren't asking because they're literally just holding their heads above water and they're, they're trying to intake everything and trying to support and they are overwhelmed. We are all overwhelmed, but some parents have a little bit more airspace when they're going up for air than others. Don't be afraid and don't judge, right? Just know that it's your right to do so. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have 
what was I going to ask you? So I know that a lot of parents who have kids with special needs, this is kind of turning into a different subject, but a lot of parents have kids with special needs. They don't work because they feel like they can't work and they feel like all their time is taken up by their child. What are some resources that maybe you used or what would you tell parents in that situation that do want to work, but they just don't know how to do it all? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think we're all chasing that answer on an mm-hmm. ongoing basis. For me, when I first started, before I owned Polka Dot, I was a realtor. Mm-hmm. And in it, a realtor's got to be able to show houses and things like that. My, it, we were very blessed in the fact that when TJ was young, my husband worked nights and I worked days. Literally, we, we did that design so someone was always home. And I know not everybody has that blessing in their life. But I would I would put TJ to bed and I would stay up and work. So I, you know, I think a lot of parents do this and they're like, yeah, I already do that. But whether you're starting your own company, because, you know, I really think not not that everything's got to be about the special needs journey that people are on. But there's a reason we're given what we're given. We're we're given what we're given to help those behind us. And so, you know, what has this journey taught you and how can you use it to make the world a better place? So whether that's staying up late when when the individual that you love is asleep, whether that's getting up early, um, whether that's getting, you know, some asking for resources. Most areas have resources that are totally untapped. Like you can even talk to your um, the ADRC in your area or whatever you have that you can at least get some time. Oh, you probably have the word for it and it's gone in my head. The time someone come in with your loved one so you can at least get a little break, some you know, respite. Yeah, respite. respite. Yeah. Because that is when, you know, it's, I don't know about anybody else, when I am alone and I have a moment to breathe, that's when great ideas come in. That's when, you know, I figure out who I am and why I'm here. And those resources are available. It just, you know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And that starts with, you know, self-care and being able to give back to the world in the face of adversity starts with the commitment to self, to giving your brain and your heart, your soul, that space to find that. And that sometimes can't come when all of this is at you. Sometimes you just need to take a moment to get away and know that's not selfish. It's, it's, it's not, it's so valuable. And it's also an important example to your loved one, to your other family members that we all are worthy of that time. So I think it's looking into resources, whether it's a friend, family, ADRC, whatever that is, to get some time away to find the answer. Like, okay, I don't know the answer. I love this. I love this. Um, I'm a Tony Robbins fan. I don't know if everybody is, but one thing he'll ask people is, well, what would the answer be? And you'd be like, I don't know. If you did know, what would the answer be? Because the, the truth is we all have the answer to our questions sitting inside of us, but we don't fully trust it. And so sometimes when you get that moment away and you ask yourself, I don't know how I would do this. Okay, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And your brain will start to work to find the answers. And it's that time alone when you can get quiet with your brain um, that you find the answers in the way forward, or at least the the ability to say, I'm going to ask these questions so that I can find the way. I have been always told, and I, I truly believe this, that when whatever your belief system is, God, the universe, whatever, when you pray, meditate, whatever you choose to do, um, that is you talking to your source. And when you get that gut feeling, when you listen to your intuition, when you would do that, that is that source talking back. So it's getting quiet enough, a moment away enough to hear that source talking back to guide you on a route that you you can take to go where you want to go. 
Yeah, I love that. I'm just trusting. I was going to say that earlier, like just trusting yourself that you have the answer inside you. So especially like going back to talking to the school, like, you know, what's right for your child and you can get guidance from other people. But in the end, like, you know, you know, and so what are maybe some other resources that you use that you use um, with your son that so did you use like I know there's therapies or like occupational therapy, speech therapy, respite you talked about and respite is so important. I know that there's a respite some provider shortage right now and so it's really hard for families to get that but if you can get that like that is super important um so what are some of the other resources that you used so for my son they they used all of the above occupational therapy speech therapy um like cognitive therapy he is you know most people who have special needs, have one area they're a genius in, his is animal. So eventually after we kind of fished and pulled, his he has animal therapy that is working with horses. And sometimes it's muck and a stall, but sometimes it's, you know, it's working with them in different ways and things like that. They tried a little bit of everything. And in fact, you know, his diagnosis was 20, uh, he's 32 and he was diagnosed when he was three. So 29 years ago, and things have really changed since then. But back then we even had to, and I know this isn't where you're going with your question, yeah. but this is the flip side. You also have time to sometimes say, okay, enough. Yeah. But they wanted to do a lot of experimental things on him. Oh, now we hear steroids are going to help. No, we hear this and that. And it was like, wow, you know, as an, a parent of a newly diagnosed person, it was like overwhelming. We were very fortunate to get a pediatrician who her, she had twins that were autistic and we knew that she would be on top of that, right, from her own stance. And she said, Shannon, I can see if 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 he was much more severe in the fact that, you know, like we have a friend that their son wears a helmet and is constantly hitting his head against the wall. And so for them, that might be worth the risk for that. But she's like, TJ doesn't have that. that. Granted, he's pretty severe in his autism, but he's not endangering himself or something like that. She goes, for you to take these risks are a big risk. So I think the resources are important and all of those things, they kind of, we kind of threw everything at it because the hard thing is, is no matter what book you read, no matter what therapy you do, there is no guidebook that works for everybody. Everybody's so different in the spectrum or in whatever their disability is, their special need is that what works for this person doesn't work for this person. So I think some, I think those resources are great and people should investigate them. But I think you also, again, have to listen to that intuition that was given to you for a reason and sit, sometimes say, you know what? He's also going to have a joyful life. And too many therapies are also standing in the way of that. Yeah. So I talked to my cousin about this, actually, that we feel like our kids, they just have therapies all the time. So they're not able to live a normal childhood. And so you really have to find the ones that work for you, find the best ones for your child and then not worry about all the other resources and just pick a few that are good for you. And then just let your kid be a kid or, you know, when they're an adult, just let them live their life and not worry about the next thing that you could do. Like, you know, so yes, I love that you brought that up. Like use the resources, know about the resources, but don't do all the resources. And don't feel guilt because yeah. There's a little bit of a, and may, you know, this might be just how I processed it, but there's a little bit of a tone 
when you don't choose to do a therapy, like, oh, you don't really care about this person. You're like, whoa, whoa, that's not what I'm doing. Just know that you, you know, it's, it's good to trust the experts, but at the end of the day, you know what's best for the person that you love. I remember um, Special Olympics, by the way, a great program. And I was helping run our local Special Olympics. And, and so, and this, and I fell into the trap of, okay, this is what you do. You get, you get the therapy. Okay. And then they get to this age, you get them in Special Olympics. And I was kind of going in, this is the routine that I'm supposed to follow. Special Olympics is a great program, but I started to notice how unhappy TJ was every time we would go. Not that he wasn't happy with the program or the people, but not everybody likes to be extra social like that. TJ didn't enjoy it. I was going under this guidebook of this is what you're supposed to do as a, as a special needs mom. And this is what you're supposed to do to be a good special needs mom. But my son wasn't enjoying it. And it was making him miserable for me to follow along with what I thought I was supposed to do to look like a good mom. At the end of the day, my gut was firing it knew like, okay, he's over there balling. It doesn't matter what's going on. If this should be good for him, if it's not good for him, it's not good for him. And you got to call it. Exactly. Yeah. Just do what's best for your child. It doesn't matter if everybody else is doing something. If your child's not enjoying it, then don't do it. Um, That's what we experienced. I really wanted my son to do sports and he was not into it. And so I finally was like, I got to let that go and just let him do his thing. Um, Yeah. And then even if everyone else is like, oh, this is so good for your kid. This is so good for your kid. Like not everything is good for your kid. So just let them be themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Um, Lauren, did you have something? No, I'm taking Uh, notes of all the things I've liked uh, and said. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So we're running out of time. We have a few minutes left. But I wanted um, to ask you, do you have any resources for parents, like things that you know of that parents can use today? So I thought about that because, you know, we, yeah. you let me know questions to be answered. And I'll be yeah. honest with you. I normally don't prep a lot because I'm a deer in the headlights unless we're just actually having a conversation. Right. Yeah. So I don't like prep very much. But I thought, hey, you need to think about this question. The answer is yes. But at the end of the day, I think the best resources are people. So in my opinion, there's four really important resources um, for any special need, whether that's your child, your aunt, your uncle, whatever that is at any given time. And that is a current expert or someone in the, in the industry or something. And, 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 you know, we didn't have this back when TJ was diagnosed, but now you can hashtag anything that you're looking for and find new resources, right? We can do that. So it's an expert, someone who is behind you in the process someone who is ahead of you in the process and someone to, who's at the same place you are because understanding, support, um, camaraderie, all of those things are not just fluff. Those are the things that get us through and teach us. And all you know, we're, we're supposed to learn from people in front of us, teach the people behind us and at least support them and also have that camaraderie of people right in the same, in the same place with us. I think those things, okay, but what are the resources? Those are the resources. Yeah. That's where you're going to learn. And you learn from people when you're when you're kind of helping support people that aren't at the same stage yet because they're learning new things. 
So I guess the biggest resource I can give is one that people often just kind of, oh yeah, 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 people, people, whatever. You know, we've heard heard me talk about this in polka dot. You're not meant to do it alone. And you know how I know that we're all here together and we're all so different and we have so much to learn from each other. If you'll, you know, in my opinion, the biggest resources that you can have is that seeing, appreciating, listening to, understanding other people. And there's a reason there's people ahead and behind us. So for me, that is the most impactful. I mean, there's certainly things, there's lots of books. I'm a reader. So, but if I listen to people, the people, right, will be put in my path. And if I'm open to what they have to say, I will learn stuff from every person that I'm put in my path, especially in this area. Because since everybody is so unique, there's no plan that fits all. I can learn tips and tricks I've never heard before because no one's ever come in our direction with that tip, not understanding that it might help us too. So really, really, really. And, you know, you don't, if someone says, well, I don't know how to reach those people. Even like in our polka dot community, Samantha, you know, like you could go in the members group and say, are there any special needs parents here? Boom, 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 boom. Here you go. It, you know, if you're a member of car collectors or whatever, any community that you're in, you could ask that question, or you can even, again, we're in, we're in this modern technology, hashtag special needs parents or whatever the term is that you want to use, find people to follow, even if it's not going to be a close friend of yours. So there's, we are in kind of an unlimited resource of ways to find those people to listen to, to follow, to talk with, to share with. Um, it's just a matter of getting creative with it. And I know in person is so, so important. But if you are someone who's taking care of someone with special needs and your time is limited, like you said, where do I find that? I'm overwhelmed. Doing things online kind of solves that issue and at least gets your foot in the door to getting, you know, because we're always training ourselves. If you train yourselves to watch and listen for people and to, to gain information from your, your brain starts to do that with everyone and you become this wealth of knowledge that you can use to not only propel yourself forward, but your loved one and those you're trying to help. Yes, definitely use your network. Yeah, use your network, search online, find like a provider that maybe you're vibing with, you know, that you like what they say and find other parents and especially finding other parents in your own interest groups. I never thought about that. Like if I like a certain thing going into that group and be like, hey, what other parents have kids with special needs so that you can find someone that has the same you know, interest is you, but you also have a kid with special needs. So yeah, that's awesome. I love it. That's a great resource. Um, okay. Where can people find you to learn more about you, to learn more about Polka Dot Powerhouse or anything that you want to say? So they can go to polkadotpowerhouse.com to learn more about our community there. That's a whole nother story, but that's yeah. based on the, a relationship with my sister who passed and sent me the name from heaven. And then they can learn more about me and the different things that I offer at shannoncrotty.com. Awesome. Thank you. And our last question is, what do you do for fun? I golf. And I don't golf well, but I love golf. It's a great stress relief. It is a great me against me. And golf is never a game that you can truly master. So it has different, you know, one, one, one shot you're horrible. The next shot, you're planning to give lessons. And the next shot, you're horrible, right? So it's always an area that you can improve. And it's also just full of laughing and cussing. So therefore, it's really good therapy. Yeah, I love it. 
I got made fun of when I played golf once, and so I have not gone back. But maybe I, like I will. The driving range. Yeah, driving range to hit balls. Even though I miss most of them, but that that yeah. swing, like I'm letting out aggression when I do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you. We really appreciate your time and coming on the show. I appreciate yeah. being here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say for people that are looking for resources in their area, um, you can go to your local health and welfare department and they should have resources for you too. I know in Idaho, you can get on Medicaid on the Katie Beckett plan, and that opens up all the therapies that you need and even non-traditional therapies that you might want, such as music therapy, animal therapy, swim therapy, all of those things. So definitely check that out. And if you have any questions about the resources or you can't find resources in your area, send me, send us a message. We can help you. So, cause that is, nobody talks about that getting on those resources and that is super helpful. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope the discussion on neurodiversity has provided you with support, understanding, and inspiration. If you found our podcast valuable, please share it with others who may benefit from our insights and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the follow button and let's keep exploring the fascinating world of neurodiversity. Click the link in our show notes to visit our website for a free download of three tips for a stronger relationship with your child.